Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights in Podcast with me, your host, Crystal. I also have my wonderful co-host, the one and only Roxy the Kitty, who adds in her comments here and there depending on the topic. So on this podcast, we talk about my life, my favorite horror movie of the week that you guys usually pick, also mental health pertaining to horror and anything else horror, so thank you so much for being here. I upload a new podcast every other Monday, and I also challenge all of you listening to leave me an iTunes review. It not only makes my days better, it also helps other horror fans find me. You can also find me on the socials on Twitter at Horror Daddies R Us, Instagram at Horror Nights in Podcast, Tumblr Horror Nights in Podcast. I also have a slasher TikTok and a YouTube channel at Horror Nights and Podcasts. So be sure to follow me on there for all the latest Horror Nights and news. So just a disclaimer, I'm not a licensed therapist. I simply wish to take the stigma out of mental health. I'm always here to listen and also share my own stories. Remember, you are never alone if you struggle with your mental health. And if things get too dark, there is help. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline can be easily reached at 1-800-273-8255. It is available 24-7 and is free and provides confidential support for anyone in distress. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast. Scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's So, as you guys know, I've had a ton of really fun, interesting, and extremely smart guests on the podcast lately, but today we are going to go old school. Back to the original with just me, your girl Crystal, and of course Roxy is around. Um, And what better way to kick off my solo podcast with the film that took me three weeks to watch and traumatized me for days. The film is called Terrified, and it's true to its name. So also guys, um, I do have a a little bit of a cold, so my voice may sound a little deeper than it usually is. (laughs) Uh, I promise I'm fine. Just um, really, just been really busy with work. Uh, If you guys follow me on my socials, which you should, which I know a majority of you are, so thank you for doing that. Um, I have my regular full-time job, which I am extremely thankful for, and I also have my restaurant job that opened uh, like seven or eight weeks ago for to-go stuff, Um, and I have been helping every single Friday and Saturday. So Sundays are like my only days that I can like sort of relax, but I also like to work on Sundays, like podcast work and YouTube and TikTok and things like that. So I definitely am burning the candles at both ends. Um... But of course, this is my passion. This is something that I have loved doing for a very, very long time. Um, I've loved horror for a long time. And uh, that is why this doesn't always feel like work for me, but it definitely is work. Um, I have had um, some great guests on, as I said, and I've also guested on a few different podcasts. I also am guesting on several podcasts in the upcoming month of June, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, also I'm hoping for the remainder of the summer, 
Um, I may have a co-host with me um, just to kind of talk about horror and things like that and the horror community in general and, you know, the world. Um, She is um, excited to be a part of this, um, so I don't want to say too much yet. I'm going to announce more of it um, a little bit later this week, um, but this podcast obviously today is Monday, so I'm probably going to put the announcement out on Wednesday. Um, it's sort of like a semi-permanent co-host for the summer, um, if I can get her to do it with me. Uh, for those of you who have been following my podcast for a long time, you probably already know who it is, um, but I'm really, really excited, and it's not that I don't like doing my podcast by myself. I just enjoy it when I'm interacting with somebody else, and I've really learned that within the last uh, month or so that I've been having guests on and talking to them about horror. Um, and it's not like I will never be solo again, because of course I will have sh- solo shows in the future. Um, I just think it's more entertaining if you guys are listening to not just me talk, because at the end of the day, I think that I have a pretty good uh, hold on horror, but at the same time, I like to... <laughs> I like to express my thoughts with other people instead of just talking to my microphone. Not that I don't, like I said, I have the confidence to carry a show for an entire hour for you guys, um, but sometimes it's just more fun for me if I have somebody else here with me. Um, So yeah, (laughs) Um, let's get back into this episode. So obviously um, we are doing the film Terrified. Um, So we're going to start off with the usual Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb. I'm going to give you a little bit of knowledge about the film, kind of what it's about, and then we are going to delve into why this film traumatized me for three weeks. (laughs) Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes gave this film a 78% from the critics and 68% from the audience, and IMDb gave it a 6.5 out of 10. So Terrified was released October 11th, 2018. Uh, It was written and directed by Damien Rogna with a running time of 87 terrifying minutes. Uh, So basically the film is when strange events occur in a neighborhood in Buenos Aires, a doctor specializing in the paranormal, her colleague, and an ex-police officer decide to investigate further. So Twitter actually introduced me to this film, and it ranked very high in the scariest films over the last few years. So me, being me, was like, I'll watch it. I'll be fine. I watch horror movies all the time. So it was around 10 p.m. I had worked a really long work day, and I decided to crawl into bed, have my AirPods in, and watch Terrified. And I got about 15 minutes in and had to shut it off, turn on my lights, and watch literally anything else besides the rest of that film. I was so scared of my shower for days, but finally, after three weeks, I finished the film last night and made myself watch the shower scene a few times to make sure I was okay. Now, if you have seen this film, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. If you haven't seen this film, I encourage you to stop listening to this podcast now, go watch it. It's it's streaming on Shutter right now, and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast, because I don't want to give too many things away but that shower scene I don't I think I'm finally over it now but I'm not really sure (laughs) um this film was definitely a breath of fresh air considering over the last few years really haven't had a good amount of good horror definitely some hits but unfortunately a lot more misses um this film didn't rely too much on the cheesy jumps uh jumps scares 
And the director was able to make our everyday fears and really capitalize on it. Um, So I, as you guys know, I live in an apartment building, so I do hear a lot of bumps and creaks from upstairs. Um, But the fact that this film made me think it was demons, not my neighbors, just kind of speaks for itself. Also, pipes and drains are always a source for spooky elements because, of course, as you guys know, we have many films over the years that use water systems to freak us out. I mean, most recently we have, you know, It and It Chapter 2, where Pennywise, um, you know, works in the water systems and the gutters. Um, I'm also recalling an episode of Supernatural, I think it's from season one, where there's like a demon in the drains and it like, you know, comes out of the drains. So there's definitely a lot of things at play here that we have seen before, but the director wrote it so differently from what we've seen in the past um the downside of this film is that it does jump around a lot we never really focus on one character you think it'll centralize on the character in the beginning where he loses his wife but then we shift to the retired forensic investigator then it moves to the paranormal investigator then it moves to the cop who is about to retire Um, But that could just be my opinion on it. Some horror fans actually really like seeing it from different perspectives, um, as do I. But I think I really wish that the film had just focused on the main character in the beginning and how he went from being at home with his wife to his wife being murdered and then him either going to a mental institution or going to jail, it wasn't really explained. And I think that's sort of the downfall of this film is that the plot was sort of lacking for me. Now, it did, of course, make up in the scenes that it created visually. Um, The music was also amazing. But at the same time, it sort of was jumping around too much. And I feel like I got pulled out of the film when I had to figure out where they were, who they were talking about, what was going on. Um, but the film is also different from your normal haunted house because like, as I said, it's more of an apartment complex with the neighborhood being really close. Um, we can tell from the cops conversation, um, that the neighborhood and the neighbors are very observant as to what's going on, especially after the little boy is killed by the bus. And of course it's very pet cemetery vibes. Um, I wasn't expecting to see that at all. Um, and then when the reanimated corpse of the little boy is just sitting in the kitchen with some snacks, I mean, of course, I think if I were to come back from the grave as a reanimated corpse, that doesn't move unless the lights are turned off. I would probably want a snack too. So, um, that entire scene was very visually kind of grueling to watch because you have a mother who is extremely in a dark who's in an extremely dark place because she just lost her son and we see her at night she's in her kitchen and she hears something in the front door and she opens her door and we don't really see what happens until we get to the next scene um when the two police officers are there one is the retired forensic investigator one is the the um, sheriff who is about to retire and um the retired forensic investigator goes in and you know the the sheriff is is saying, you know, do you get spooked easily, doctor? Or do you get spooked easily? And he said no. And then they go into the kitchen and there's just the corpse of the kid just sitting there um, as if he is about to tuck into some cereal and milk. So um, 
that scene was extremely creepy um this film gives us a lot of things that go bump in the night the demons slash creatures can only be seen in the dark and they thrive off blood and water so it kind of reminds me of vampires but definitely more savage and then of course needing water the demons and creatures are also apparently from another dimension and the nest is located in the other apartment that's um connected to the first apartment that we saw demons um so like demons these entities they need a human body as a vessel a vessel in order to like wreak havoc so there's a lot of information going on some things weren't really explained as i said before i personally wanted to know what the instrument was that the paranormal doctor was using in the apartment so there was a lot of things that i wish um were explained more what I also really like about this film is, and I kind of mentioned it before, is how it's not centralized in one area. Um, throughout the entire film, there are three separate uh, apartment buildings, or three separate houses within the same area that are um, sort of being manipulated by this demonic force. Of course, we have the beginning um with the married couple and then of course we have i believe she's across the street the mother who loses her son um and then of course we have the other apartment that's connected to the married couple's um apartment where it sort of seems like these you know this this nest is um capitalizing and just wreaking havoc um on this neighborhood in buenos aires Another thing I really like about this film is that you get Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of vibes, especially from the paranormal investigators. Um, so it's we we know that the 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 doctor, she brings her colleague, they're not married, but the fact that they're going into these homes, not to sort of banish the evil that's there, but to collect evidence to report that there is something paranormal going on. Um, instead of having like the exorcist vibes where you have like the priests coming in and blessing the house and trying to get rid of the spirit, it's more so their investigators going in to prove that something is actually going on here. And the film really draws from its uh, predecessors, as I said, um, like Pet Cemetery with the corpses coming back to life, The Conjuring. Um, where we have a haunted house um, and the people inside being, you know, basically traumatized by these demons. And it's funny because I was reading articles in preparation for my podcast and a lot of the writers were saying kind of the same thing as, that I did. Um, you know, as horror fans, we're always looking for our next scare and something that's going to sit with us and something that'll make us feel unsettled and maybe a little spooked in our own environments. And a lot of the writers um, that or a lot of the, the posts that I was reading was that the writers actually would go home and they would watch this film before going to bed and they would be completely unsettled after watching it. And it did make me feel better considering that I can pretty much watch anything and be totally fine. Um, but it definitely took me a little while to kind of shake off this very, very uneasy feeling that I had. Uh, for those of you who know, I do live alone. So, I mean, besides Roxy, of course. But for the time being, I live by myself and... If there's a noise in my apartment that I can't quite put my finger on, 
of course, being a horror fan, you always think it could be something supernatural, demonic. Um, so I was definitely put a little more at ease knowing that other people are also terrified just as much as I was. And thankfully for me, <laughs> I actually do not have a kitchen table. Um, I actually have like a little, um, I have an island that kind of comes out a little bit and I just have bar stools there. So I don't have to sort of look at a kitchen table every day, but I do have a bathroom that does have a bath and <laughs> it is very strikingly similar to one that is in the film. And I think that was why the shower scene stuck with me for so long is because in my old apartment, I actually just had like a stand-up shower. But this apartment that I live in now, fortunately, but also unfortunately, has a bath and it has white tiles. So every single time that I would go into my bathroom and look at my shower, I would just visualize. Now I have a shower curtain, of course, but you know, you know what's behind the shower curtains, you know, but your mind always triggers back to the things that you have seen, especially in this film. And it took me so long to shake that scene. Um, so I think that's why if I had to break down, so the two iconic scenes from this film, of course, is the shower scene and also the reanimated corpse of the little boy sitting at the kitchen table. Um, and I think the reason why that shower scene just sat with me for so long is because um, the way that my apartment is laid out, I'm actually able to see into the bathroom, straight into the into my shower with the bathtub from where I was laying watching the film in my room in bed. So I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I was so traumatized for so many days. And also, as I said, going back to the normal fears that we've had growing up about something being under your bed or something watching you when you sleep, something coming out of your closet, something in the drains. This film really capitalizes on that and it makes you second guess everything that you're doing. Um, another example I have, which is just me just being me because I'm always thinking about horror. Um, I have a dishwasher and uh if you have a dishwasher, you know that obviously the pipes and the water and everything is connected. So when it gets to a certain cycle of the dishwasher, you get that weird like gurgly sound in your sink. And I like to run my dishwasher at night. And um, the other night I had it running and I heard the noise coming from my kitchen and it was late. And I was instantly, once again, brought back to the movie Terrified. And I haven't had this sort of visceral reaction happened from watching a horror movie in a very, very, very long time. Um, and I said this on my Instagram story the other day when I had finished watching the film. Um, and I felt maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe it's because people are making more scary, like scarier films. I couldn't quite put my finger on why this film impacted me so differently than any other film I've watched. Now, yes, I think the last time that I might have gotten kind of creeped out, but could shake it off very easily was Hereditary. Um, the film in its, itself is not extremely scary, but there are some scenes that are very scary. Um, and 
if you've listened to my um, older episodes, you know that there are certain things that scare me the most. And it's when something is covered in sheet <laughs> and when something is abnormally on the wall. So if you have like, if you have a corner of your house, that's, you could have really high ceilings and just the visual of something like perched in the corner is extremely terrifying for me. Um, and now I guess I can add in Anything that happens in a bathtub um, is also extremely terrifying to me. Um, So I really did appreciate this film, even though it took me three weeks to watch. Um, I thought it was, it was just everything about it. it. It, you can tell the director is very influenced by other films, but not in a negative way. He didn't use the exact same you know, scare scenes, um, that other ones, it kind of reminded me very much of insidious as well. Um, a lot of, a little bit of hereditary, as I said, the conjuring pet cemetery, but he did his own spin on it. And the best, the other thing that I want to talk about, um, is his writing. So he actually wrote and directed the film. So not only do we have very visually appealing and terrifying scenes in this film, but also he was able to write, a very there were some lines in this film that just caused me to to feel anxious and it's interesting because if you've watched this film then you know that the entire film is in Spanish now I do not know Spanish so but there are subtitles of course um so even just reading the subtitles um and along with the acting along with the scenes it was it just it was really it was a really interesting film and I would definitely go watch it again um but as I said when I finally finished the film (laughs) I did watch it during the day and I watched it and it was nice and bright and beautiful and sunny outside and I felt a lot better (laughs) um so I do not encourage you to watch this film by yourself at night especially if you live alone um but I don't know, maybe you could take the challenge. Um, everybody, I think, is wired differently. And everybody um, everybody watches a film and some people think it's scary, some people think it's not scary. For me personally, like I didn't think that um, Insidious was very scary, but I thought The Conjuring was extremely scary. So everybody looks at things differently. And But I'm telling you guys, if you have not seen this film, I encourage you to go watch it. Um, even if you're not a huge fan of like subtitle reading, um, just just do it. Just suck it up. You know, it's not that, you know, if you got to read a movie and watch at the same time, I have faith in you that you can do it. Um, I just, I've never, I really haven't had a film that has struck so many nerves as this one did. And I I don't know what it is about, um, you know, Spanish horror films, but they have something different to bring to at least American audiences. Because I know that, you know, like Korean horror is scary. Japanese horror is scary. um, But there's really nothing like this film that has done something to me so now of course I want to go out and watch all the Spanish horror films I could find um so I don't know maybe we'll see maybe I'll get on a kick but then if they're gonna be as scary as terrified I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to watch them all in a row (laughs) um so we'll have to we'll have to see about that one And like horror fans, I'm sure that you have a subscription to Shudder and I saw the um, 
the poster for this or the, you know, the icon on Shutter, whatever you want to call it, um, for this film. And uh, the director does have the demon um, that is, well, one of the demons. There's several different demons um, throughout this film. But he has one of the demons on the cover. And I think that was sort of why I didn't want to watch it because it looked like it was using sort of like a cliche and I just browsed past it. And I was talking um, to a friend of mine last night at work who also enjoys horror films and he said the same thing. He has Shudder and I said, have you watched the film Terrified? He's like, I don't know what that is. And I showed him the cover photo that they use on Shudder um, and he said, oh, I have seen that, but the the poster kind of threw me off and I was just like no like you need to watch it um so I'll be curious to see if he has watched it but I think that was one thing that definitely kind of threw me off because I was like I don't really know if this is something that I want to watch kind of looks a little cheesy um and then uh of course I was on Twitter a few days later and someone had tweeted like what's the scariest film you've ever seen and every person well the majority of them um, were saying terrified and I was like oh okay so like I read a little bit about it saw that it was in Spanish um, and then I went to go look on Shutter, and I was like this doesn't even really look that scary and of course I set myself up for disaster on that one because it was extremely terrifying um, so yeah if you guys have not watched it I really encourage you to go watch it but like I said don't watch it by yourself I mean you totally can if you want but I'm telling you some of those scenes are going to sit with you for a very long time especially if you have a kitchen table or a shower or you know a bath like obviously everybody has a shower but you guys know what I mean if you have a if you don't have a stand-up shower like you actually have the full bath you're gonna know what I'm talking about also just because I have to share this with you guys I did talk about this film on my Instagram I put up a photo um of the movie poster and I did tag the director and the director actually did comment on my post which is very cool shout out to you thank you so much for that um and he I basically was saying this was before I had finished it and I said I can't get past that shower scene I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it the director pretty much said to me you have to finish it because I'm going to make a sequel and I was like oh my god so it's just been sitting in my queue on my shutter for weeks and I was just like okay I gotta do this director literally told me to finish his film so if a director tells me to finish his film I'm gonna do it <laughs> another thing that really put me on ease while watching this film is that because I was so terrified of the first kill scene <laughs> I was very anxious <laughs> because I didn't know what I was gonna see next and um I was very I was glued to the screen the entire time, not only because, of course, you have to read the subtitles, but because I was so scared of what I was going to see again, because I know that sometimes um, in some horror films, they kind of like to bring back like the first scene that you saw and then kind of put it towards the end. So I was like waiting to see the shower scene again, like maybe in the in the husband's mind. Um, but fortunately for me, they did not do that. But I did make myself rewatch it twice just because I feel like I needed to conquer it um and as I said I do feel better I am more at ease than I was um a couple weeks ago um because it really stuck with me for a long time I had to keep my light on I had to keep like it was I have like a little salt lamp that sits next to my that sits on my nightstand 
that had to be on for at least two to three nights and I had to close the door because the way that my apartment is set up is like you come through the front door and then immediately um to your right is one of my bathroom doors and then my bedroom is towards the back and then I have another door that goes from my bedroom into my bathroom um so for many nights I had to keep that door closed so I could not see my bathroom um and I think that's so awesome to say because I've been watching horror for a very, very long time, just as you guys um, have. We've been horror fans for a very long time. So to have a film kind of shake you to the core like that is fun, also unnerving, also kind of annoying, but at the same time, of course, all the love <laughs> I have. Um, and it's cool because the director has also been a horror fan for a very long time. So you definitely, you can tell, like you can tell when somebody really has enjoyed horror their whole life and knows how to strike on those primal fears. Um, so as I was saying in the beginning, it's not really ever said unless I might have missed it if the husband was um, taken to jail or a mental institution um, while he's being interviewed first, of course, by the paranormal investigation team. But then also later um, we see there's a prosecutor and I believe um, the sh the one cop's um, partner and then um, another lawyer. So um, the ending was good. Definitely set up for a sequel. Um, the only thing about the ending that I didn't like was I kind of wish that we could have seen the burnt body of the paranormal investigator. But of course, at the same time, I'm glad we didn't because it would just been something else that I would have been terrified of when I looked at a chair. <laughs> um, and I think that's really something to say about a film is that if it can really freak you out to the point that you're looking at your kitchen table or you're looking at your bathroom or you're looking at a chair and that scene comes back to you, um, or if you're getting into bed and thankfully for me, at least right now, um, I don't have a bed frame because I have to get a new one, but you know, whatever that is what it is. So I at least am not too scared of something that's under my bed because my bed's on the floor. <laughs> um, so at least, and like I said, I don't have a kitchen table. So at least I'm saving myself that right there. So just the last thing that I want to point out is that um, this entire film, the director basically did not give any kind of security blanket to uh, whether any of his characters would survive. Um, it didn't matter who you were. If you were, you know, this quintessential doctor of paranormal, like, you're going to die. Um, it didn't matter if you were a cop, you were going to die. It didn't matter if you were a kid, you were going to die. And if you've listened to my previous episodes, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of kids dying in horror, but the fact that the reanimated corpse came back and was just used as a vessel for these, for these water blood demons, um was really actually I was okay with it um because <laughs> I mean if you've seen the film you know exactly what I'm talking about just the the eerie the camera angles too are really what do it for me because the camera was actually at one point behind the reanimated corpse and it's it, he's not moving but we can see in the distance the two cops are talking and um you're just waiting for something to happen and then of course as soon as the retired forensic investigator turns off the light we hear that the 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 um glass of milk spills so and then of course we do see him move um when his friend comes over and is banging on the window to get his attention um 
So just extremely traumatizing scenes. And like I said, if you guys have not seen this film, please go do so. It is streaming on Shudder. Uh, I'm not sure for how long, um, but definitely go check it out. Let me know your thoughts because I want to know what you guys think too. I did talk to a couple of my other podcast friends and a few of them hadn't seen it. Um, and one had seen it and, um, we were, I just like discussing this film with people and I, and I feel like any time within the last week that I've been on a podcast, I brought it up because I want to see how many people have seen it. Um, and kind of see their reaction on it. I'm trying to get um, more people to watch this because I I really want to see their opinion on it. And um, I want to see if I'm the only one who is extremely freaked out. So I guess we'll have to wait on that one. I'll keep you guys updated. But you guys also keep me updated. If you do have the chance to watch this film, please let me know what you think about it. Let me know your favorite scene. Let me know if any of these scenes traumatized you. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your reactions about it. So I think that's going to be it for this episode of Horror Nights in Podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, go listen to another one, binge it out, leave me a review. And you guys have the best week wherever you are. And whatever you do, remember to always give your honest and horrific opinion no matter what. And remember, you are never alone with dealing with your mental health. I also want to give a shout out to any of the essential workers that are listening. Um, I always appreciate you, forever appreciate you. Um, I hope that you all stay safe and we'll get through this together. If you are one of the luckier areas in the country that are um, beginning to reopen, please be safe. Make smart decisions to protect you and your family. Um, And I will see you guys in the next episode. All right. Bye, guys. Welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found it.